we have asked for and received an opportunity once again to talk to Leonard Steinhorn, a CBS News analyst and professor at American University, talking about President Biden's latest poll numbers. He's down to 43% of Americans approve the job he was doing. And headed south. I, I thought last <laughs> week it couldn't go any lower, but now it is. Leonard, what's your analysis of this? Uh, what's, uh, what's the explanation for this, and uh, what's the way out? Well, look, Joe Biden walked into the White House with far more challenges than a lot of other presidents have ever faced. You know, a pandemic, in the middle of a pandemic, economic crisis, sort of a, a world in upheaval, climate change. And he's tried to address these and always hasn't been as successful as he would have liked. And the media, which do not have a political bias, they have a bad news bias, they have a gotcha bias, and they are pounding him relentlessly. So he's getting pummeled week after week, whether it's on Afghanistan and those sort of grisly images of the evacuation, or whether it's on the rise of the Delta variant, or whether it's the border and the images we see there, or whether it's the sort of the slowdown on the economy, even though we expected it to grow much more. Um, and, you know, then you see sort of disagreements with one of our closest allies, France. And so what happens is that the news media creates this narrative, and this narrative has been negative week after week after week, and that gets into people's heads, and they start questioning, is he as good a leader as we thought? Is he as competent as we thought? And even some Democrats start to hemorrhage from him, and a lot of independents, though you should have expected the Republicans to be negative, and that's what's accounting for these low numbers. And I've even seen one survey that shows that Biden may be even lower in favorability than Donald Trump is right now. So it's been a rough, rough, rough time for Joe Biden in terms of what, what's been going on, and in large part because he's been pummeled by the press. You know, if this were the former president, he'd be calling it all fake news. Um, but Joe Biden is getting hit and hit repeatedly. But again, that can change. And nothing in politics is ever set in stone, and nothing is irretrievable, especially this early in a presidency. Well, forgive me for being an old conservative, but it seems to me like Joe Biden has bought and paid for this criticism that he's getting with his own incompetence. Or do you think, see that a little differently? <laughs> well, look, I think if Afghanistan was a problem. Um, it's not as if he came up with this policy himself or invented Afghanistan. This is a 20-year war that was largely failed. Uh, the previous president, Donald Trump, you know, came up with the agreement and basically said, Taliban, you do what you want in the country as long as you don't attack American soldiers. Um, and so the Taliban was going to take over the country. It was just a matter of time. And Joe Biden didn't appear to have a plan B or plan C in place if the Taliban did rapidly take over Afghanistan, which everyone thought they would. It was just unclear when it would happen. So it appeared very chaotic, and it would have been chaotic anyway, but it appeared chaotic. And then we lost all of those service members and, and Afghans in that terrible bombing. So, look, those are circumstances that every president faces, fortunately or unfortunately. You go all the way back to Ronald Reagan, and more than 200 American uh, service members died in Lebanon. And it was a terrible, terrible thing. Um, but unfortunately, this is the, the uh, sort of a, a world in disarray that we're dealing with for many, many years. And so, yeah, should Joe Biden own it? Yes, he has to. Um, is this something that he created on his own? Partly. But the press will focus on it as only Joe Biden, because we tend to think about only the immediate moment in time. Also, 
there's the difficulty he's having in Washington right now about keeping his own party together to be able to make sure that they can get those magical 50 votes in the Senate to pass his human infrastructure bill. So if the message comes out via the media that Washington is in disarray and potentially Joe Biden's agenda is going to be undone and they might not pass anything, that adds to it. Um, it wasn't Joe Biden that didn't get people vaccinated uh, because it was people refusing to get vaccinated. Joe Biden did everything he could. And yet, because people refused, we end up with the growth of variants, which Delta was. And that created a big problem. And that ripples all the way into the economy and to parents worrying about their kids going to school and getting COVID. So all of that stuff accumulates. And yes, Joe Biden has to own some of it. But some of it's much larger than Joe Biden, as it is with every president. And, well, let, but we focus on the president. Let's take a look at his joint communique after uh, his phone call with Macron yesterday. Pretty much admitting that he blew it, don't you think? Yeah, look, you know, the funny thing is, is people around the world have very high expectations for him because they believe that Donald Trump just didn't even care about what allies thought. So the last thing other countries wanted to hear was that, oh, my gosh, he's not consulting us and he's doing it on his own. Um, so I think that there were a series of miscommunications on all of this because Joe Biden seemed to uh, understand from the Australians that they communicated serious concerns about those French submarines, but the French interpreted it completely differently. But regardless of that, if you're president, you've got to make sure that all of your allies and friends are consulted and brought in. And even if it's not good news for them, you've got to give them a heads up so that they're not caught off guard. That was another concern that many of them felt with Afghanistan. So here they were thinking that this is a guy who had foreign policy experience, not only as vice president, but as chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And, and so they had high expectations, and he hasn't been meeting them all. Um, but he's been, you know, but the funny thing is, because the expectations are so high, um, even if he's doing more sort of consultation than Donald Trump did, because it's lower than expectations, it creates a sense of disappointment among our allies. So a lot of our allies are very comfortable with a lot of his consultations, but these big sort of moments that you're referring to, when it doesn't happen, they're going to hold him accountable. And yes, he has to be held accountable to the things that he hasn't done well. But keep this in mind, if you or I are in the White House, and we're seeing a few real faux pas with our allies, um, not consulting, not working with them. You know, yes, Joe Biden owns it. You know, the buck stops with him. But he's got to take a serious look at his foreign policy team, whether it's Jake Sullivan, head of the National Security Council, or Antony Blinken, Secretary of State, and say, what's going on? Are these people up to the job? Are they causing me all the headaches that I'm facing? And what's with your history hat on, what's your view of the submarine deal with Australia and the U.K.? It dissed France along the way, but uh, is it still better in the long run to have this deal in place and to, and to uh, show what's necessary to China? Well, look, China is emerging as a global bully, whether it's economics or using military might. And with bullies, somebody has to stand up to them. Um, and so... In some ways, from a geopolitical sense, yeah, this makes sense because the Australians have been having problems with the Chinese. The Chinese are causing problems for all of our allies uh, in the Asia-Pacific uh, region. Um, they pick on Japan. They pick on Korea. They pick small fights. Look at what they've done with Hong Kong and pretty much snuffed out uh, democracy there. Um, so, you know, 
for Joe, from Joe Biden's perspective, you know, somebody has to be able to take a stand and say, okay, China, you want to continue doing this stuff? We're going to have to meet you, uh, and, and you're going to have to deal with the United Front on our part. So the big trick, though, is not just with the U.K. and Australia, but bringing in our other allies to coordinate how we all respond to China. Because some of the European allies, well, they want to have good trade relations. They don't want China to get too upset with them. So Biden really has to bring it to them and say, look, you know, in the short term, some of this stuff might hurt. But in the long term, do you want to have China be the preeminent power in, the, in, on, in this globe later this century? And we have a choice to make today about how we're going to deal with it. Let's talk for a second, and you are uniquely One positioned minute. to answer this question because you deal with both the media and academia. Are you at all concerned that Joe Biden gives an appearance of weakness when he says, I have to leave the room now, I'm supposed to not answer questions, I have to go? You know, that doesn't exude confidence, does it? Well, no. I mean, I think there probably are better ways to be able to deal with that. I mean, you go dial back. 60 years uh, to John Kennedy's news conferences. Um, and, you know, they were brilliant. I mean, it was one of the reasons why John Kennedy, even though you could arguably say he wasn't a wholly accomplished president, he did certain things and did them well, but why many people consider him such a great leader of our nation. I mean, you look at those news conferences, he's bantering back and forth. He sort of undercuts these tough questions with the press with humor. He speaks with a level of, uh, of depth and knowledge about the particular issues. And I do think that's what we do want from anybody who's president of the United States. So it would probably help Joe Biden to you know, be a little bit more forthcoming on all of these things. Uh, and look, if I were the Biden White House right now, I would sort of put uh, Vice President Harris out there and have her start making speeches about the importance of the free press and the importance of the news media, even when you get pummeled and criticized. Um, because, you know, the news media are an important, essential pillar of our democracy. Um, and they've been under attack. Um, and I think one of the best things that they can do is say, yeah, I'll take your criticism. I'll take your tough questions. And you know what? That's good for democracy. Give it to me more. And so, in other words, take a position of strength by defending the tough questions um, and not walking away from them. Well, thank you so much, hey, uh, Professor Steinhorn. Very, very much appreciated. We will certainly talk again, and we love your insights, so thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. thanks for having me. Leonard Steinhorn, Professor of Communications and History at American University.